You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour number three. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Live from the Doug Lacey Basement Systems downtown studio. Uh, we, we're going to play the... The North Toronto Arena voicemail for you. Uh, North Toronto Arena. Home of Tom Wilson. Home of Tom Wilson. We'll play that later on this hour. Power for your Washington Capitals. It's probably uh, the best voicemail in all Canadian arenas. I'm just throwing That's, it out there. Whoa, okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll play that later on the show. Uh, Julian McKenzie, Flames writer for The Athletic as well. But right now, head of content and senior producer at The Room 442, doing a great job covering the World Cup for Sportsnet. James Sharman on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Barkist Hotline. James, good morning. How are you? Good morning, fellas. Doing great, thanks. Uh, okay, James. Uh, by, by immediately your accent, uh, you're, you're an Englishman. I know your your heart gets shattered every major tournament when England's involved. Big 3 nothing win over Wales yesterday. Lost in that shootout to Italy in the Euros. How are you feeling about your three Lions chances here in the World Cup? Or are you just setting yourself for the crushing emotional defeat that eventually will, will happen to England. George, you know, you know me well enough by now. Of course, that's what I'm expecting and waiting for. <laughs> Whether it comes in the, in the round of 16 or the quarters or the semis or maybe the final, it'll come at some point. Um, but yeah, yeah listen, um, I'm feeling good about them at the moment. Uh, we, we can't put too much into a win against Wales because Wales were just awful in this World Cup, really disappointing. But when you look at this World Cup and, and the parity amongst the top teams, there's still five or six teams that could, could win this thing, and England's very much in that bucket right now. I, I think the way the schedule works is if if they get past Senegal, which is a big if because that's a good team, they will likely play France in, in the quarterfinals, oh which is of, of major concern for any England fan. Um, but, yeah, listen, they're a good team. They've got talent. They've got depth. They're, they're playing pretty good football right now. So I, I'm where I thought England would be at this point. But, yeah, you're right. Down the road, that the heart breaks on its way. Um, I have to ask you about this because this is something that maybe flew under the radar. I saw it during the American broadcast before uh, the States and England played to that scoreless tie. Harry Kane talked about how he used Tom Brady as an inspiration in his career and how he's friends with Tom Brady. And Harry Kane dropped this little nugget of information that I don't think is being nearly talked about in North America. He says he wants to try kicking in the NFL when he's done playing soccer in Europe. Do you think that's even remotely possible? And how insane would that be in England if Harry Kane tried to make an NFL roster? You know, every now and again you hear these stories, and they've been going around for for a number of years with various players. Say some guy's really speedy, and yeah, he could be a receiver in the NFL, or some guy's got a good right boot, he could be good in in the NFL. You know, there's no chance it's ever happening. It just (laughs) isn't. I mean, I'm, I'm sure he'd love to try, but there's so much more to it than just belting a ball through the uh, uprights, I think, in football. And uh, Harry Kane, who's already got bad ankles, um, I, I would imagine when he finally <laughs> retires, he should just retire because you don't want any part of that sport. That's, that's ridiculous. James, uh, looking ahead to this uh, Canada match as uh, they're getting set to take on Morocco. Obviously, this is going to be the final match for them in the tournament, but what are you looking for from uh, the Canadian side as they look as they get into their uh, third match of the tournament here? Yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, you know, if, if Canada manages three points in this, that's a good World Cup, right? I mean, you, you score your goals that you wanted, you get a win. That, that's fantastic. Um, but they're playing a really good Morocco team. And a Morocco team that's desperate, they can advance and shock this group by, by getting rid of Belgium, perhaps, 
and advancing uh, to the round of 16. So from Canada's perspective, I, I imagine that it doesn't, there's two ways to go here, right? They could, as you know, they've already been ousted, play some younger players, play some players who haven't played any minutes just yet, prepare, start preparing for 2026 in this game. But that's not, I don't think, what John Herman will do. He wants to win games. So you'll still see, I think, the best 11 he can put out there. Um, and they're facing a Morocco team who are very similar to Canada in that they have some real great attributes, pace being one of them. They're young as well, like Canada. Um, uh, and I think a team that's really turned some heads who, who are going to be getting better and better with every World Cup cycle. So it's going to be a really interesting match. Can Canada win it? They, they absolutely can. It's, it's within their, their wheelhouse. But Morocco's, like I said, an excellent team and should and will enter as favorites. Um, James, do you, I know in North America uh, we, we just care about results and how deep the team goes in the tournament, but if they were able to get a result tomorrow against Morocco and even just scoring that Alfonso Davies goal so early against Croatia, that's a big deal that maybe North American soccer fans who are fringe fans don't really understand the significance of what Canada has accomplished so far in this World Cup? Yeah, 100%. It's, you know, people will, I think, just... It's basically it's recency bias, isn't it? So they, they play Belgium, and they look really good, and they lose that game. And then they play Croatia, and they get smashed. And let's not kid ourselves. They got smashed. And that's okay. Croatia is a world-class team who, who found their form at just the right time. And I think we probably bought too much into that Belgium result. So to go in Morocco and maybe get a win there and finish the World Cup with your first win under your belt and, of course, your first goals, it takes a lot of pressure off this team entering 2026 and gives this team that already has a lot of swagger and confidence even more entering the next cycle, the next four or three and a half year cycle. So yeah, it would be a really important win for them. I think that being said, if they lose, it's not that big a deal. This world cup, I think for many outside the program itself was really a, a freebie. It's like, get that experience. Um, hopefully get that goal, which they did. And, and then to start moving forward, you know, into the future. So, um, you know, I, I don't think the team should feel any pressure in this one, certainly less pressure than Morocco are going to feel. But listen, if they do win, then suddenly it's a really big match, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, James, uh, James Sharman joining us here on the Atlas Pizza guest hotline on the big show, Russick and Rose Sports at 960 The Fan. How tired of you, James? I know you're a big soccer guy. You love the beautiful game. How tired of you during these tournaments at the World Cup and at Euros that politics gets involved. We know the Milan Borian story now is all over mm-hmm. the place with, with just the, the crap he had to deal with in that match against Croatia. We know all the stuff surrounding the Iranian team. Like how frustrating is this as a fan of the game that this garbage constantly gets mixed into this tournament? It's disgusting, isn't it? It really is. It's really sad as, as well as sobering. Um, you know, FIFA promote this game as being the sport that can unite the world. And it can, obviously, but when you when you label it as that, then you've got to take the other side as well, unfortunately, I think. And that's what we're seeing right now. It does become political. When you have country against country, and you have certain parts of Europe in particular who have such deep-seated hatred for each other, you're just going to see this. And as long as FIFA and you have to do nothing about it, it's going to continue. I mean, listen, they, they ban rainbow flags from stadiums, yet you can sneak in this, this awful banner that was targeting... Milan Borian at that match. How did that sneak in? I mean, it's just yeah. an absolute farce. Um, well, I know Canada's made an official complaint to FIFA about what he had to endure, and FIFA will look at it and hey, you know what? They might fine the Croatian Football Federation. They might. They might give him a ban. I doubt it. This is what happens. FIFA are confronted with this every season. 
whether it's club or whether it's international football, and they do nothing about it. So until they care, which I don't see that happening anytime soon, it's not going to change. And fans of these certain countries will take advantage of the platform they're given. That's a big stadium, that's mob mentality, TV cameras, and they'll target who the hell they want. Yeah, it's been kind of tough to watch for instances for sure. Uh, did want to ask you about John Herdman as well because this is a guy, you see him standing shoulder to shoulder with Chris Hadwin for the anthem. The first match, they play well. The second one doesn't go so good. And there's been questions about his comments uh, on Croatia, maybe some of the deployment in that second match as well. His comments today asked if he would be the head coach for the 2026 World Cup. It's a long quote, but the first bit would be, I will be tomorrow. I will be excited tomorrow. Absolutely. Absolutely. What have you made about the tournament for John Herdman and his return for 2026? Yeah, you know, it's a good question. I'm a big John Herdman fan. Um, sure, he may have made some mistakes in this World Cup. Um, he, he admitted, essentially, you know, he, he was caught in the moment with the Croatia comments that should have stayed in-house, probably. Um, but I've got no concerns about him as Canada's coach. He's done a great job. From a tactical standpoint, he, he's been criticized by some for keeping Atiba Hutchinson in the game against Croatia. But people don't realize that Stefan Estacchio was injured at halftime, had to come off, and, and he can't take... You're two starting midfield off at halftime, especially a player like Atiba, who, yes, he's lost a yard of pace. We know that. Didn't have a great game, but he's still, from a passing standpoint, so important to that 11. Um, when that 11 came out, no one criticized it. No one questioned it. Only, you know, after a 4-1 defeat did they start questioning it. So, no problem there. There's no more meticulous coaching more football. That's for sure. Um, as for his future, listen, um, he'll get offers. There's no doubt. The, the British media have really enjoyed Canada as a whole. They've really enjoyed John Herbert, his charisma. They, they respect him as a good football manager. And there'll be clubs and I'm sure countries sniffing around him, absolutely. And he's an mm. ambitious guy, right? I, I'm sure he has ambitions to play, to coach overseas, to coach in club football, maybe back home where he left once upon a time with a big chip in his shoulder because there's no opportunities. So when that comes, I, I don't know. Will he be here in 2026? He's saying all the right things, but you know, it's tough to turn down you know, um, a lucrative offer from, from overseas. I think, like he said, this is one game at a time at this point. Um, I'm sure he gets frustrated, too, with all the nonsense off the field with Canada soccer and what he has to deal with and has dealt with since 2011 or thereabouts. Mm. So, you know, that must be a frustration. So we'll, we'll wait and see. If we lose John Herbman at some point, it'll be a big, big loss. There's no doubt. But he's, uh, you know, pioneered this new Canada. And I think we're in the right direction with or without him. But you, you do understand why he might get his head turned and, and who could blame him. Um, James, what have you made from our friends to the south? Uh, the Americans qualify with that very, very politically charged matchup with Iran yesterday. They go through. They've only allowed one goal in qualifying, and that was a Gareth Bale pen that maybe shouldn't have been awarded in the first place. I know the Dutch uh, are still the Dutch, and they ripped through qualifying, but they've looked underwhelming so far in this tournament. Do the Americans have a shot against the Netherlands here in the round of 16? Yeah, I must say, for all Canadian fans, it's just rubbing salt in the wounds, right, that the States are playing really good football right now. And despite in qualifying, Canada having their number and topping CONCACAF, uh, we were waiting the entire time for the real U.S. to show up, this young team that's building the bigger things. And they seem to have really hit their form at the right time at the World Cup, and they've done so, so well. Um, Drawing England nil-nil was a really impressive performance where they were by far the better team. Uh, And yesterday, a professional discipline performance against Iran, 
Iran, I mean, listen, they had nothing left. You, you have to just have nothing but, but pity for those players, what they've had to deal, deal with on and off the pitch, of course. But I, I look at this, this last 16 matchup against the Dutch, and the States have a good chance in that one. You're right, the Dutch haven't looked good so far. Um, they played Qatar yesterday. They won 2-0. They're in first gear the entire time, which is good to conserve their energies. But that's a team that, that's young as well. Hasn't really got the superstar power of, of Dutch sides of the past, but they can turn it on. We're seeing Cody Gakpo becoming maybe the face so far of this year's World Cup. It's going to be a tight affair, but the States should enter that one feeling pretty good about themselves. Their midfield's been dominating at times. It's a better midfield than, than the Dutch have, for example. So, yeah, you know, you can well see the U.S. in the quarterfinals. And, and you know, as, as we evolve, I think, as a soccer culture in Canada, that should upset us. That should anger mm. us. It shouldn't be like, wow, it's good for the region, the States do well. No, we don't want to see them do well because they're our hated rivals. And uh, that's got to be frustrating, I think, at, at this point. Uh, I love it. Uh, James, before I let you go, um, is Neymar the most frustrating player to watch in the tournament? Uh, does anybody cry wolf more than Neymar? Like, is he just that guy you're like, come on, man, at least stand up for a bit of the match? Because the flopping, and, and I know Serbia gave it to him, and they were they were really, like, tackling him very hard, and he's missing the rest of these group stage matches. But is there anybody in world football who's more frustrating to watch than Neymar? Well, I mean, the guy in Portugal was pretty frustrating at okay, times. Okay, okay, you're right. But, uh... Did it go off his hair? <laughs> Did that go in? Did it, did, it, did, it, did it singe? Did it singe his beautiful lid? I'm sure to this day he'll, he'll, he'll claim that one. Um, no, you know, this Neymar is, I, I get you, he's so frustrating. And we've seen him in previous tournaments just how frustrating he can be. I think he's got the record for most roles on the pitch after being fouled. I think it was 15 back in 2018. It was just ludicrous. Um, but he is, at the same time, just his all-world talent who's fantastic to watch when he's on the ball and listen he no one's fouled more he was fouled more in the first half against Serbia than any other player so far in the tournament right they went out to get him their hatchet men were just going after him and if you saw his ankle post-match you understood that he was really you know they got to him real good right he's in a bad way um so you know he can take a couple of games off and come back in time for the the knockout phase but I'm with you. He drives me crazy. Yeah. If, if only he just stayed on his feet. But that's part of the football culture, right, where he comes from. Diving and embellishing is considered gamesmanship in some parts of the world. Not where I'm from. You know, I was always thought not to do that. But, hey, <laughs> when was the last time my team won anything? So, uh, hey, yeah. maybe he's got something. He's, he's, he's right. Uh, James, it could be coming home this year. Uh, James Sharman, uh, <laughs> head of content and senior producer at The Room 442. Great stuff, James. Thanks for this. Looking forward to watching more of your coverage. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Uh, there's James Sharman, uh, brought to you by Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar. Come in and enjoy hockey and football game day specials at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Pick a band delivery also available at Atlas Pizza, 403-248-3344. Have you ever tried his pies? I uh, know I haven't, but I, I hear that they're a, a Toronto legend now. Sharman's Proper, proper pies. pies? Yes. In East Danforth? Yeah. Are you a pie or a cake guy? Cake. Not wow. close. You didn't even Not hesitate close. there. Not close. What kind of pie, though? Or a cake? Cake? Doesn't matter. No? Nope. I am a glutton for baked goods. Because I feel like this time of year, it's more pie than cake. Yeah, but that doesn't matter. You can find cake if you look, George. Okay, you can no. always find cake. Sure, I understand that. Yeah. Like Red Velvet. Oh. Black Forest. Like, even like um, the the old dollar ninety nine confetti. Like a sheet cake? Yeah. <laughs> Put it. Slathering in vanilla icing. Every once in a while, I'll grab like one of the the little pieces of sheet cake 
at the Saddle Dome because they usually have it out. Yeah. And that's usually enough for me because you're right. It's just like that. Like, who doesn't love Almost. a deep and delicious cake, too? Yeah, well, was it you? <laughs> like, I could eat the whole thing yeah, if I had to. Yeah, who houses a whole one by himself, I just could. in case? I could. And now keep, they have all keep, these different flavors. Keep one in the freezer in case no, you you're hungry it, one night? You got to keep it in the fridge so it's nice and... Uh, so it's ready to go. Nice and thawed yeah, out. Yeah, you can... 100%. Use it at a moment's notice. We should do that uh, when when the World Cup and there's not much going on because it's a busy mm-hmm. time of sports right now. Trying to eat a whole... No, we should have, like, a cake power list. Oh, what the best cakes are. I thought you were going to try and eat a whole McKinney's no, on the air throughout the course of the show. Yeah, and... you're just sitting there doing the whole show while I'm just, while I'm just housing an entire deep and delicious. What electric radio. I'm sure some of our listeners would be like, good. How was your Keep show? Keep eating there. How was your show today? How was your show? I feel kind of bad. <laughs> I, could, I could definitely crush. It's just like a lot of us could eat a, a large pizza by ourselves. If I put my mind to it, yeah. I could. If you haven't eaten anything all day, you could you could you could truck down an entire large pizza. Yeah, probably. Yeah, of it course depends you could. on how many inches we're getting up, you know. Yeah. But I can probably do it, no problem. A pumpkin cake with orange glaze. That's right. McCain deep and delicious is just. I haven't had words to describe it. Heaven. Yeah, it is heaven. Yeah. Very good. I like them. Very uh, tasty. Uh, there are no Charmin pies coming to Calgary, but we should maybe ask him and go. Hey, are you going to diversify and come to the city of Calgary? Hey, J- Oh, he's gone? Yeah, he's gone. Oh. Um, straight ahead, Julie McKenzie, Flames writer at The Athletic, uh, will join us. Uh, we'll tee up the Flames and Habs game. We'll break down what went down in the Matthew Kachuk return. Stewie's already been victory. quick at work. I'm already on Twitter. Oh, that's awesome. That's great. Uh, we also need to play that voicemail from North Toronto Arena. We had a recommend, uh, request for the banger intro once again. Yeah, we'll do that at 830. Um, our big, uh, what, big Mark, Big Mike, who did that? Big Mike. Yeah, and we're also getting a ton of mirrored visor vibes on who's the player with a mirrored visor. <laughs> uh, of course, Jay and Airdrie, PK Subban, mirrored visor, 100%. Yeah, well. Yeah, like even even we got one, Yarmir Yager. Duh. Yeah, of course. Yeah. How did we forget Yarmir Yager? Pavel Bure was another one that we got a few yeah. of, former Flame. Uh, co- got a couple of these two, Rocket Richard, mirrored visor. Not sure about what? that one. Yeah, Jean I'm Bellevo. not sure the Rocket uh, would, <laughs> he didn't even wear a bucket, which is insane. <laughs> Like, you just watch old-timey highlights of hockey. That one Johnny Bauer save he makes with his face is the best hockey highlight of all time, where he literally sticks out his face to make a save. That's There were just different just different dudes back then. Yeah, the Not game like was the different. softest butter in the hot sun people that we are now, <laughs> but like back then, Johnny Bauer making save with his face. All right, the Tom Wilson voicemail for North Toronto Arena. Oh, we got it? Okay, we won't play it now. I've teased this up. I, I barely heard, I heard a little bit of it during the break, but I'm excited. They're very excited about Tom Wilson. Uh, I just got one. Does DQ uh, ice cream cake count? Yeah, DQ ice cream cake is fantastic. It absolutely counts as cake. Uh, maybe you can put the deep and delicious cake on top of the DQ ice cream cake, <laughs> and then you got really something. Okay, so oh, I talked about this. I know hard. about this voicemail that's been playing around. I'm sure a lot of our listeners have never even heard of North Toronto Arena. North but, Toronto Arena. Uh, but if you Arena. call and you want to book something, this voicemail is a little long. Mm-hmm. But I don't care because I'm going to play it anyway. Hit it, Alex Brody. Calling North Toronto Arena, home rink of Stanley Cup champion and 2022 NHL All-Star Tom Wilson, number 43 of the Washington Capitals. And Eric Lindros, number 88, one of the greatest players to play in the National Hockey League, elected to the Hockey Hall of Fame 2016. If you're calling about the community center, please call them at 392-6591. And remember, if you're using that complex, please yep. park under 
the community center, under, which is their parking lot That's off good. Eglinton Avenue. Yeah. If you're looking for the arena manager, push one. Information I Pro just, Shop just and Ice message, Rental, bro. push two. North Toronto Skating Club and North Toronto Hockey Association, push three. Thank you. Okay, you're Thank welcome. You. Home That's great. Of Stanley Cup champion, champion Tom Wilson. 2022 Tom Wilson. NHL All-Star. Tom Tom and he's changed it because it used to be like, home of Tom Wilson, who can drop the gloves and put the puck in the net for the Washington Capitals. <laughs> I wish I had that and one. And then he got real accolades, and they're yeah. like, let's switch like, it up. Home of Tom Wilson and Eric Lindros. NHL All-Star Tom, Tom Wilson. Wilson. A North Toronto arena. It's the best. Um, I don't know why this text came in. Pavel Burry was never a flame. His brother Val was. Who mentioned... I did. That was dumb. It was a Maddie mistake. It's all oh, good. Oh, I didn't. You said Pavel Burry was. I said he he would be, look good in the tinted visor. <laughs> uh, I'm convinced that arena is a front for the mafia. It could be. <laughs> it's a, they're oh, washing well, a lot of money at North Toronto Arena. <laughs> yeah, a lot of mafia guys sound yeah. like they're right out it's of nice, the it's nice right out area. of the boonies yeah, of great, Ontario. It's a great. So that's whoever's listening who who runs an arena. Like if you have an NHLer, it's maybe time for you to. Record McCarr up at the, up at, uh, the Crouch Out yeah. Twin. Yeah. Oh, my Stanley, Stanley Cup champion, Gail McCarr. McCarr. Number one defenseman in the league. This guy can skate and this guy can shoot the puck. There you go. Gail McCarr. There you go. Number 43 of the Washington Capitals. Capitals. <laughs> Number eight. You're... And Eric, and Eric Lindros, Hockey Hall of Famer. <laughs> All right. One of the greatest players to play in the National Hockey League. It's true. Yeah. Uh, Julian McKenzie from the Athletics, straight ahead. Tom Will. Uh, we'll get to more of your text to Mere Advisor vibes too on players. Uh, keep those rolling in. Sergey Bobrovsky sucks more than blank, and Rocco Gudis's beard is thicker than blank. Sergey Badbrovsky, more like it. Whoa. Oh, hey yo, throw to break. Sportsnet 960, the fan. the big show Rustic and Rose Sportsnet 960 defense you're you're welcome big Mike he, he missed it at oh, 6 a.m. Oh. this is our Flames victory song we played to kick off the show after a Flames win like they did last night over Matthew Kachuk and the Panthers six to two um we're, we're trying to get to some texts at the end of the show here Sergey Bobrovsky sucks more than blank and Racco Gudis's beard is thicker than blank and we've we also got a ton of mirrored visor vibes for some players right now in the NHL. Next guest gives me mirrored visor vibes. Oh, really? You betcha. Uh, he covers the Flames for the Athletic on the Atlas Pizza Sports Bar and Guest Hotline. We say good morning to Julian McKenzie. Hey, pal. How are you? Doing well yourselves? We're, we're good. Who's got mirrored vibes right now, mirrored visor vibes right now in the NHL to you? We gave some names like Kapril Kaprizov, definitely... Panarin, Matthews, Matthews, Patrick Kane, like all those guys, maybe McKinnon, Drew Doughty, Drew Doughty. Who's, who's got some mirrored visor vibes to you right now in the league? Uh, Alexander Ovechkin. Oh yeah. hundred I mean, percent. Anybody like on the flames? Basically the start of the conversation. Yeah. yeah. Anybody on the flames? Basically it. Yeah. Anybody on the flames, you know, it would be interesting if Matthew, I mean, not to, take it there i feel like if matthew could i mean i know he doesn't technically have one but i feel like if matthew Kachuk was still on the flames he would be that guy but in terms of players who are on there now nazim kadri maybe but i don't know mm. if daryl's uh is daryl Sutter a mirror advisor guy <laughs> i feel like he let that slide well i wish they'd let them wear them in the nhl like why not like yeah, why i don't know it's but, like like who cares i don't know either 
So we got a text from Brett and Red Deer who says he had a mirror advisor for Beer League, which, okay. Um, but when it got scratched up, he went to get a new one at Source for Sports, and they said they no longer meet safety specifications, so they couldn't get him one. Or else they were just doing him a favor and saying, you probably don't need one for Beer League, pal. But it sounds like maybe they're not even made anymore. What's the safety concern? Yeah, um, my guess is you can't see their eyes in case of concussion or something like that. You don't want maybe. to move their head around. Yeah, mm-hmm. logic, I guess. Helmet, mm-hmm. right? If something like that, but you don't want to mess happen. with their head, their head in case of a neck injury. You know, that's that's my my. Okay, guess. that's true. You're trying to stabilize the head. I, I can understand that. Yeah, oh, come on, like that's <laughs> just a lame NHL excuse. <laughs> come on, put some personality into the game. Like the like oh, in the NFL, God. they should they should they should let them wear those cleats all the time, the ones that they want. Yeah, the with with the, the cool yeah, painted cleats they on usually everything instead diff- of just in warm up. They usually are for like different charities, yeah. but they look very cool. Yeah, why not? Yeah, like let's do this in the NHL. If a guy wants to rock uh, a mirrored visor and he's good enough to rock a mirrored visor, let but him do it. But if Mitch Marner wants to put the initials of his dog on his glove, he, well, he is can. Soft. That's it. Okay, but like I would love to like what a, what a great talking point it would be for guys like us working in this business that if like Adam Rajitska came out the next game with a mirror visor, it'd be awesome. Oh man, <laughs> it would be cool, but also like the what are you press doing, bro? Would... Back to Wranglers. Yeah, the... yeah. You're, okay, you're but done. but he comes out with a mirror visor and then scores a hat trick. You're like, damn right, mirror visor. Oh, yeah, yeah, but also like for us in the media who would have to ask him questions, like <laughs> no disrespect to Adam Rajitska, yeah. who I think good player uh doing as best as he can with calgary flames no shade to him if adam rosiska scores a hat trick i really hope you're not hoping for quotes longer than like 12 words because you're not getting a lot for brosie that's that's just what it is this is the type of player that he is so adam uh what's with the tinted visor i like it okay that's literally what you would get that's That's literally what you would get that's what you would get so uh yesterday it was the return of matthew kachan how fun was that the energy in the building was great Really? You thought so? I uh, thought it was boring. Here's the thing, and I, and I just wrote about it for the Athletic here. I thought it the crowd was confused. Like I don't know <laughs> if all those people who were supposed to boo him genuinely wanted to boo him. There were. Here's the thing, and 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 and, and George definitely could relate to this too, coming from where he comes from. I thought like the way the fans kind of booed him, even if they did boo him, there were some moments where like Kachuk's touching the puck, no one notices, and he gets he gets off. Like, no one booed him. Like, this is a market where if Milan Lucic is within, like, a couple feet from the puck, <laughs> you hear the lose come up. Like, there were points in the third period where I thought people genuinely forgot to boo this guy. Like, I don't know. Like, I mean, yeah, fine. Maybe the energy, may, not to not to say it like this, but you could judge me on this if you want. If that is how it is by Calgary standards, okay. But as someone who has seen other people get booed mercilessly, and even and and, have, and has also heard the Calgary Flames faithful boot guys like Drew Doughty mercilessly, what they did for Matthew Kachuk yesterday was very weird and very interesting, and I think it bordered on confusion slash indifference. Not to mention there were a lot of guys too who I think didn't really want to boo him or or, or feel that way anyway because they genuinely. Like, they think they appreciated him as a presence. They appreciated him as a personality. And I think some people were generally surprised that he was going to get that type of reaction. So, yeah, the energy was there. But I thought it was very 
mixed. I thought it was very weird. Mm. I'd say if you're going to boo a guy, boo a guy. Like, I, I don't feel as if everyone in that audience wanted to boo him. Well, the thing is, like, and I, I would say strongly that there's a pretty big split within the Flames fan base as far as did Matthew Kachuk do the Flames a favor or did Matthew Kachuk just want to get out of here and, and see as much of a villain as Johnny Gaudreau. I was surprised the boos came as early as they did. I loved hearing the celebration, the applause in the video. And then as soon as it was his first touch on the next book, it was like flip the script and you could almost hear like the snickering in the crowd as people were like, this that is kind of hilarious. Like, there were moments that, like that, that and I would I would say definitely throughout the second period, there were maybe some times when the game had kind of fallen into a little bit of a lull. There were some big hits in the first period that certainly helped. There was the moment where Gudis tried to fight Anderson, but yeah, I, 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 it's a fair point. I, I just think that a lot of people weren't all on the same page with Matthew Kachuk, whereas with Johnny Gaudreau, it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty blatant in comparison. Yeah. I, at least what I've been able to assess off of that, just kind of hanging around you guys and, and seeing and talking to people about Gachuk and, and Gaudreau, it seems as if the consensus is that Gaudreau will probably get it worse. But I, I, I think for Matthew Kachuk, a guy who did everything to, to endear himself to fans with the style of play, going out into the community as well, uh, there's no reason. I mean, I can understand why people liked him as much as he did. And the fact that, he, you know, he, he told Brad for living he was not going to sign long term. And he, at least he told me that, like, you know, there was a possibility that, like, you know, if they were going to start the season with him there, I guess he was just going to have to live with it. I mean, there's a possible, there's a, he didn't, the trade didn't have to happen as soon as it did, but it did. Right. And like maybe Matthew Kachuk would have played out that final year and would have been as professional as he could have in the situation, as opposed to Johnny Gaudreau, who was just like, uh, okay, thanks. Bye. I'm going to leave. See you. Peace. Got to go be a free agent and, and move closer to home, which is Columbus for whatever reason. But yeah, like I, I think there's more like, like I, I can understand why people felt a bit more mixed about Matthew Kachuk and, and, and his time as opposed to just being outright, I don't know, nasty mm -hmm. about it. And well, I also think Matthew Kachuk didn't want to play into, into any villain role either. Someone straight up asked him about that yesterday and he said, you know, hey, I, I play the same way that I play uh, in every game that I play. If you want to throw that label on me, you know, you do you. But he didn't stay out long for the, the pregame warm-up. He left, like, with, like, five minutes to go. Uh, he, yes, he does, he does his little salute and stuff when he, the video tribute comes up. But also, yes, he doesn't – he wasn't acting like a pest. Like, he, I didn't feel as if he leaned into whatever villain label we were going to give him uh, as much as he could have in that mm -hmm. scenario. Yeah, and, you know, Adam Fox's return to Calgary was one where the fans were very loud every time that he was touching the puck, too. But that one also felt like the fans felt more disrespect from what Adam Fox did, like Johnny Gaudreau, than what Matthew Kachuk has kind of done over, over the last little bit here. And, and I thought he brought up a good point after the game and said, well, Flames fans just kind of boo everybody who leaves. To varying extents, but they boo everybody. What did you make of Jonathan Huberto's play yesterday? It looked like he was kind of back to that early season Huberto playing with Lindholm and Toffoli. Yeah, he looked pretty good. He looked engaged out there. I mean, he he looked engaged the last time he played against the Panthers, and it was a bit of the same thing, too. Uh, good on him for, for him to get that goal. He was saying to us that uh, he didn't really see, he just kind of whacked at it uh, in that little mad scramble. And then for him to put that extra effort on the uh, the pass to, to Tyler Toffoli before he wired it home, 
pretty good. I still think it's pretty wild that uh, everyone took that as the opportunity to say, hey, Hubie's better. And I'm not sure how serious that chant really was. It was kind of half-hearted a little bit. But I think in a game like this where, you know, we all we all know how it is when when your ex comes by and, and, and you're trying to make sure you look good. You suck in the stomach. You make sure you're wearing your good clothes. But if the person that you're with uh, after the ex is also looking good, too, you have no reason to feel sheepish. And I think uh, mm. for today, the Calgary Flames, uh, at least for yesterday, they could feel good about the win. They could feel good about the fact that the guy that got in that trade played really well. Uh, Julian, I think uh, we all want our ex to downgrade from us. Like that's definitely a prerequisite, I think, in breaking open relationships. You never root for your ex to do better than you. I'm just saying. I'm not rehashing this conversation with you again. Okay, I'm just saying. We'll throw it out there. <laughs> the Vince Carter thing too. Oh, let's retire his jersey. It's like putting uh, pictures of a girl who broke up with you in your apartment uh, and celebrating that person. <laughs> but we won't get into that. Uh, Julian McKenzie uh, covers the But what if the she flame. was the one, George? No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, Julian McKenzie covers the Flames for the Athletic. Joining us here on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Uh, put up a poll question this morning, Julian, on the old Twitter machine. Are we on the verge of a goalie situation here with Markstrom and Vladar? And the, the, the vote was really close. No Markstrom's team. Yes, Vladar, the number one option right now. Should be a 50-50 split right now. 36.2% of our listeners, which won the vote, said should be a 50-50 split right now. Are we going to see a lot more of Dan Ladar than maybe that once a week quote that Daryl Sutter gave at the beginning of the season? I know that the Flames want to try to give him as much time as they can give him. Uh, the once a week thing, I mean, obviously, that's something that Daryl Sutter said he was trying to do. And I think if they're in a position where they could give it to him, they could give it to him. Um, at the end of the day, Jacob Markstrom's still their guy. They're paying him to be their guy. He's a Vesna candidate. From last year, they're they're probably still hoping that he's still going to be that guy. That being said, uh, I feel as if the Flames the Flames are very high on on Dan Vladar. There's a reason why he's in their organization. I don't think to the point where they could feel as if you know, hey, you know, you could just supplant him as the number one right now. But I mean, if they're in a situation where they had Jacob Markstrom and he wasn't playing at a high level, and they had a backup who just was not sufficient enough. I mean, the Flames would be in a worse position, but they wouldn't feel nearly as good. But I, I think – I don't think it will happen necessarily soon where we're seeing any big goaltending situation. I think that might just be noise. But, I mean, there's a reason why Daniel Vladar is in the organization, and I think he – the Flames could put him in a situation where, you know, if it's once a week, that's what it is. Maybe they give him, like, what they're doing in the last little while, the last few appearances he's been able to get just to kind of make that up. They're just going to – I just don't see it to this point just because of what they're 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 committing to Jacob Markstrom but I also think like I mean Daniel Vladar is very liked he's, he's very appreciated in the organization and the team feels very comfortable when he's in between the pipes so I don't think there's a situation but if Daniel Vladar continues to perform well in the net maybe that changes what about the top four? I thought that Chris Tanev had maybe one of his best games we've seen in weeks. He, you know, he's Chris Tanev. He wasn't necessarily legended up on the score sheet, but any time that there was a rush that looked remotely dangerous and he was on the ice, it was snuffed out like a candle late at night. What did you make of his game? That's a really good analogy, like a candle snuffed out at night. But it, in all seriousness, like he... You can make an argument. He can make an argument. He's the most important defenseman on this team because oh, yeah. of how he stabilizes everything uh, for the roster and and how things kind of slow down and cool down. 
uh, when he's on the ice and he's not going to make a ton of mistakes. I, I thought his game was pretty good. Uh, I know I kind of focused a lot on the, on the Kachuk angle, but I think uh, for the most part, he did a pretty bang up job uh, for the Calgary Flames last night. And, and yeah, they need him to be healthy. Uh, the fact that he's able to play healthy right now, really good for this team, even if we are just passing the quarter mark of the year. But yeah, they need this guy healthy in their lineup, especially just for these regular season games. We've seen without him in the lineup what the defense is like, a little shaky, a little out of sorts, trying to get themselves in sync. He is the stabilizer for this team. And if he's healthy, the Flames are are in a good position with him. Um, Julian, before I let you go, we talked about this on the show. Uh, the DNA line, uh, Manjapani, Dubé, and Kadri, uh, was great last night. Where the hell's their speed been the last few games here? Last night, we saw what they played like at the beginning of the season. Where was this for like 10 games or so? Because I know they were broken up, but last night, they looked like that line that was so good to kick off the season. Yeah, I, I think the fact that Manj and, and, and Dubé were able to produce, that's really big for those guys. Uh, Daryl Sutter was mentioning to us that, uh, you know, even in games where they weren't necessarily getting those points, remember those guys were on lengthy point routes. Uh, Daryl still kind of felt that like they were still being put in situations where they were doing well, they were getting some shots up. And I think especially in, from the last few games of the road trip to now, uh, we're starting to see a little bit, we're starting to see those pucks actually go in uh, on the part of those two players. It's actually kind of funny. At the beginning of the year, uh, all three of those guys played well. And then we saw a situation where Nazem Kadri kind of pulled himself forward and then Dubé and Mantrapani kind of maybe not held back, but they just were not performing at Nazem's level. And now we're sort of seeing the opposite where those two guys are starting to pick up their game, whereas Nazem, I think, is a little bit cold right now. He had his assist taken away from him yesterday. He probably could use that point. Uh, I think as if once it gets back to a point where all three of those guys are able to play pretty well, the, the, the Flames can rely on all three guys on that line to be effective. I still think it's a really good line. I still think it's a really good idea just because of the similarities between all three players. Uh, I think that speed has been, I think I'll say this. Yeah. They're in the losing streak. Like some of that speed was a bit lost. Maybe they're just thinking a bit too much, but as long as both of those players, as long as all three of those players show speed up and down the ice and continue to be feisty guys, they can prove that line can be effective. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I think uh, strap in for the uh, Johnny game when he comes back here. I think there'll oh, be some boy. booze uh, raining yeah, down. Because, be again, it was tough to see. And I, I gave this analogy. Uh, Johnny Goudreau is the girlfriend who broke up with you. And Matthew Kachuk was like that girlfriend's sibling who like you, you really liked. But then you had to end your relationship with them, too, because your ex broke up with you. That's essentially what it is. Can I offer a better one? Um, please do say like, my analogies say like, are usually poor yeah. so please please give a better it's not one that good let me try something different all right like Matthew Kachuk is like say like you're living in a city and you're with a significant other and you know they don't want to do long distance or you know you've run your course you feel as if you've done as much as you can and you say you know what I think it's time you you feel happier elsewhere and maybe you feel a little, a little upset but you sort of understand and you don't necessarily have all that bad blood. Maybe you just feel, you know what, man? If you feel you're better, it, what's what's that line? It's like, uh, it, it, you love or you let her go or whatever, something like that. Something uh, if, like that. If you like, love something, uh, if you it, no, it's something. It comes back. If you, if, yeah. yeah, if you love something, like a, let, loves like a boomerang. No, it's if you love something, set it free. It <laughs> yeah, if you back, love something, set it. Fr- yeah, sorry, what was that, Patty Dumont? If you love something, set it free. <laughs> yeah. If it comes back, it's yours. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Good God, we both like a boomerang. Yeah, all right. Like a boomerang. <laughs> Good 
Good job, Maddie Rose. All right, Maddie Julian. Rose. We'll talk to you soon, pal. Thanks for this. Thanks so much, guys. Peace. All right. <laughs> Julian McKenzie and the Atlas Pizza Sports Bar and Guest Hotline. Brought to you by Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar. Dine in, pick up, or have your game day special delivered. Find out why Atlas Pizza is a 14-time, 14-time Consumer Choice Award winner. 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Or call 403-248-3344. Got a couple minutes to go here. Got a lot of uh, Mirror Advisor vibes on uh-huh. the text line. 960-960 on guys who could actually rock the Mirror Advisor. Um, Lanny McDonald came in. I'm not sure Lanny would have been a guy to rock in the mirror advisor. Um, Scott Stevens would give you definitely scary mirror advisor vibes. I uh, got a Trevor Lewis in him as a mirror advisor. Maybe not the, I would love if some guys on the flames came out here and rocked some mirror advisor. Mirror advisor night. Like I, if Kadri wore one, I'd be okay with it. Yeah. Kadri gives me mirror advisor I think vibes. I could too. Maybe. Oh, no. We have to get to a soccer report, too. Certainteed, baby. Yeah. Th- thanks for filling me in, like, literally two minutes before the end of the show. All right. I was going to get to some text, but I guess not. We got to talk about the World Cup. Uh, you got two minutes, Patty. Demal, you ready to rock? Yeah. All right. Let's do it. Go. All right. And the soccer report is brought to you by Certainteed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling system. Certainteed pro all the way. Uh, right now, Group D is kicking us off today, and both the games have reached the half. Uh, No goals, uh, as it would stand right now. France and Australia would go through to the knockout round. Denmark, Tunisia, they're going to have to do some work here in the second half. Group C's matchups go at noon with Poland taking on Argentina. A win for Poland, and they will go through Argentina. They need to get a win and see Saudi Arabia and Mexico do not draw. That's how the Argentines would go through. Uh, The other one, Saudi Arabia, win, and they will qualify for the round of 16 for the first time since 1994. They can also get in on a draw uh, if Poland beat Argentina. And Mexico, they face the biggest uphill climb. They need to beat Saudi Arabia and hope Poland beat Argentina. And the soccer report is brought to you by Certainty, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. Certainty, pro all the way. Great job, uh, Patty Dumont. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, lots of Woo! action on the World Cup right now. Quick. Got a great text. Please attach your name because we want to give you credit. Uh-huh. A guy in our beer league team showed up pretty jacked to a game with a new mirrored visor. It wasn't well received. Ten years later, his t- name is MVG, mirrored visor guy. Mirrored visor guy. Ten years later, Brutal. they still call him that. Oh, what most valuable? No, uh, that's not Steven it. Steven Traffic, uh, that guy in Beer League who can't skate backwards could rock a mirrored visor. Like, I would. I would probably do it. But. Uh, Theo Flurry would rock a mirrored visor for sure. I think he did at one point. Did he not? He had the tinted visor. Did he have a mirrored one for a little bit when he played with the Rangers? Maybe. Perhaps. It's hard to see the eyes. I think maybe tomorrow uh, we'll do something Calgary Flames related with the mirrored visor. Okay. I think I'll like do it. that tomorrow. Mm-hmm. All right, we, we got to go. Uh, you and I are doing lunch today at Wild Rose Brewery. Excited Bull. about that. Glug, you and I glug, are getting glug. day drunk. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Whoop, whoop. Bye. Day drunk. Bye-bye.